from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. In this world, and in this world, I wanted to say thank you to the listeners that I have in Ecuador. Your support is very much noticed and appreciated. Thank you again. This is episode number 180, Social Reality, Home Ownership. This con will have you in pain, laughing. I have been looking at various statistics concerning um, home ownership in America, and I came up with some numbers that are um, pretty, uh, pretty depressing because of the stark reality that they represent. This is actually kind of hidden. It's what's not talked about. But I found it because that's what I'm here for. And uh, if you go to so many online resources and you'll find this is this is really strange. On the one hand, it's really strange that you find this because it's patently bullshit. But it's uniform bullshit. And what I'm talking about is what's being cited as the percentage of home ownership in America. And uh, right now it's supposed to be around mid 60s, 64, 65%. And unless you dig really deep, for the specific information I was looking for. Um, And believe me, it's not easy to find. And that is quite deliberate. Because this is a sad reality, a sad fact, that uh, they don't want um, Americans to know. Because, well, it doesn't paint a very pretty picture about, quote-unquote, home ownership. So yeah, they're talking about, for instance, us hovering in this nation around mid-60s, somewhere in there, except it's completely false and misleading. And I want to tell you what the actual rate is. The actual rate is only about somewhere between 12 to 15 percent. Actually, it's only around 12 to 15 percent, really. And of that percentage, uh, overwhelmingly, the percentage of those homes owned are by people 50 plus years old. So, 
So obviously, this question that you may be asking at this point is, well, that's, you know, that's really a hell of a disparaging there. I mean, how can they be claiming 65% and you're saying it's, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15%? What gives? Well, <clears throat> what gives is that what I'm telling you is true and what they are posting is not so true or what used to be known in better, um, more ethical times as lies and bullshit. They are counting, they are taking the numbers of people through a wide swath of any age demographic, which that wouldn't matter. Okay, fine. They want to group everybody in there. Okay, fine. The problem, the huge problem is, is that they're counting, they're mixing together once again, because that makes the overall numbers that makes the average look better if you count all of the people and they're two very different and distinct groups by the way okay you see in my reality home ownership means just that it means your own you own your fucking home you don't have a mortgage like you if you own your car you're not making car payments. But apparently, that's not what it means for all of these statisticians who choose to make this artificially look better than it is when it's not. People, they group together everybody else who's paying a mortgage. And there is this there is this this word salad thing. It is constantly, it has been promoted endlessly for, I don't know, 80 years, however long, especially in the last, I know for certain, in the last 30, 40 years for sure, because that's that's my recollection. I can honestly say, at least in my lifetime, that I remember that phrase is just like, when you say, do you own a home? Yes, I own such and such, such and such. When actually they don't own it, they are paying a mortgage. It's a psychological trick. They don't own it, but they lo they love that title. Yes, I own my home. You don't own your home. If you're making payments, you don't fucking own your home. Okay? Okay. The bank owns it. If you don't believe that's true, skip a few of those mortgage payments and see what happens. The reality will come pretty quickly of who owns it. So what we got going in this, what I call this endless rotating uh, Ponzi scheme, which now should become so obvious to people, um, I, I don't understand how it could not be obvious but then again, that's me. But just in case it isn't, that's why I'm here. To make it obvious to you. Okay? Ignore the feelings, you know, of potential ownership. Again, it's sort of like, and they use the same psychology when buying a car, you know, and they show these in-car commercials. 
especially for the financing. And they'll show a young person, and it's their first new car purchase. Usually a woman, sweet and innocent. You know, her name is probably Wendy or Buffy or something. And and I remember there was an old TV commercial, and it was like her hope, her prayer, her dream. This was like, I don't know, it was like you would think she was like meeting fucking Jesus Christ or something. And this guy, after the whole thing was said and done, he handed her the keys and says, you know, Biffy or whatever, here's the key to your first car. And Christ, she just, I don't know. Just ready so she, you'd think she just met Jesus or something. As opposed to, I guess they wouldn't want to put an ad out there that would show the same exact motions and the guy, you know, here's Biffy or Bobby, whatever goofy name they have. Here's the, here's the keys to your first long-term thieving obligation to the bank. Now, I guess we're marketing purposes i guess that's not so pretty i guess i wouldn't wouldn't fucking go over too well would it no no it wouldn't yeah so yeah anyway um the people that have been conned or somehow just because it makes them feel better and i've even done this myself i don't know how many times with people and you know you you talk to them and you and you say, are you, you know, you're renting? Are you buying? Oh, no, I own my home. And those, you know, people that I have gotten to know over time and just conversations about things. And it's slowly, sometimes it comes out or it leaks out and you're comparing this person's income and their situation with their home. And, you know, the guy, Bob, that no more than, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, he told me about he owned his home and we're having a barbecue. And he says, oh, my God, he's paying 18, 1800 a month with, with that what percentage? Well, my mortgage isn't nothing but. You you get it? There's the lynchman. He, he, this is a guy that told me like two, three weeks he owned his home. So get out of it. Until you make that last payment, you don't own it, they own it. And like I said, if you don't make your mortgage payments, you'll find out in short order who owns it. So there's that. Now, this, um, if, if you're not laughing in stitches by now, because... I can't laugh on command, <laughs> but it's sort of kind of silly when you think about it. And then when there's economic, you know, huge, either huge downturns in the economy. And that means people lose their jobs because people, you know, if you're 30, 35 years old, where have you been to the party of life? that no one has either taught you or trained you that there's going to be a whole lot of ups and downs in life. You may have just signed on with a great company and you're making a great salary and you're, you're, you're just 
that's the problem. You're in the moment. You're not thinking three years, five years, and two years ago, you got you 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 know you went into debt on this home and perhaps a few other toys or a nice car. Two three years later, the company you worked for with that great salary goes belly up. Now your ass is really in a pickle because savings, assuming you have some, they're not going to last forever, and that cushy job. Well, it may not be easy to replace. That's like when um, it used to be when I was uh, much, much more jaded when I was younger about these people. And now it's these whiny, the whiny ex-Google employees who basically were glorified coffee getters <laughs> making obscene amounts of money. There's been several different videos on YouTube about this. And I'm just laughing because, you know, they've got this, the again, it's the chicky chick who's like 25, but going on 12. And they pull the, you know, the thing, they look fragile. They're so fragile. And they pull the sweater things up almost to their knuckles on their hands. And they're crying because they don't know what to do. I thought I was just going to have it made here for the rest of my life. <laughs> they fired me. Oh. <laughs> and I was making mm, $60,000 a year to mm, go get coffee and do Pilates. And <laughs> fucking Google said, get rid of them. Get rid of these clowns. Excess baggage. That's just a small tale of what I'm saying. My bigger point is when going in for a house, even if you can swing it, and what a lot of people, of course, do is um, if they are a partnership or have been married, and so they apply with their combined income, and fine, because the whole premise is, hey, I'm going to love and adore this person for the rest of my life again, and nothing will change. And it's just going to be status quo for the next, you know, 30 years. That's delusional thinking, case in point, right there. That's textbook. You can count on a lot of shit happening, not just the economy, because you know, everything is volatile and everything's changing and nothing is pretty much guaranteed about anything. 30 years is a long time. It's a long chunk of your life and a lot of things can go wrong. Everything from the economy, which maybe you didn't personally have anything to do with. It's by no fault of your own. Just sorry, bad roll of the dice. You're at Vegas. One day you're a high roller, next thing you're down to your final roll, that's it, you crap out to kick your ass out of the casino. You're not in the casino anymore. You're not playing with the big boys. You're not playing the game at all. And that's the sad reality. Because that's the way it's designed. And you should know that. So, until there is a much better, fairer, let's say, game 
and there's got to be a way of not playing that game. You play a different game, but you don't play that game. <clears throat> you realize it wasn't that long ago. Again, I remember this you know, 40 years ago. You know, you could get a long-term mortgage 15 years. 15 years. I'm not kidding you. You know, that was pretty standard. It really was. And it wasn't in, you know, in some cases for the poorer people or whatnot. They went for longer loans, but on average, yeah. Um, the only question was at that time, which some people end up losing their shirts on, was decide, okay, is it going to be a variable or a fixed rate? And some people chose to go with a fixed rate and ended up regretting it when, you know, of course, over the course of the next 10, 12 years, interest rates really very, very, you know, they dropped a great deal. But that's that's all in the details. But I mean, you know, 15 years is a hell of a lot more manageable than 30. Whereas now, unfortunately, you know, uh, because in effect, what the truth is, is that, um, you know, everybody's so um, fucking poor that they have to do uh, 30 year mortgages. It's just become the standard. I'm surprised. Why not just crank it up to 40, 50 years or 100 or 150? What other absurdity, you know, that way your house isn't paid off for three generations. <laughs> and before that, this was before my time. But um, yeah, it was like maybe an eight, an eight or 10 year mortgage was considered that was considered long-term now the knee-jerk way or you know to react to what i'm telling you is say they just people on just they just shrug it off it's just white oh uh, yeah but that was then and those were you know that was the good times and now think of the anti-logic of this Think about this linchpin, about what you're saying. You know, those were, you know, those are a really good time, but now, fill in the blank, now it's absolute hell with no security in perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. That's what it's supposed to be forever and ever. It's absolute hell. And here's what actually is, what is really afoot in this con game. The con game is to have um, the bankers, the um, the oligarchs, as they are, uh, they own everything. And they just sell it to you and, you know, kind of like clasping like any classic thief does, rubbing their hands like Mr. Burns did in The Simpsons. Yes, I'd be willing to share it to sell this home to you. Mm, does 400000 sound reasonable? And that would be Smithers, his assistant, that after they signed the deal, 
Mr. Burns said, wasn't it, you only paid, you know, 80000 for that or 60000 It was 60000 Smithers. Hmm. That's very smart of you, Mr. Burns. Yes, very clever indeed. <laughs> but that's basically it. <laughs> because the thieves have to get while the getting's good. And if you're stupid, I mean, um, unwise enough to sign on to that deal, well, what can I say? I, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, well, you say, well, I got now I'm married and we got to, to two youngins or a kid on the way. Well, sorry, gonna have to live in some apartments like the yes, like your great great grandparents did when they they came over on the boat to Ellis Island. If you're of that uh, ethnic, uh, you know, persuasion uh, genetically or going back. And I'm saying somebody came and they had maybe one or two babies in tow. And they had to live in a really unpleasant area in the slums of New York. And in other words, they, they had to pay their dues. They had to, to rough it. They don't just say, oh, well, now the baby's here. Now I'm going to get a home. No, it's not supposed to work that way. You, you got it backwards. You got all this backwards. Home comes first, and after that's all established, then you make the babies to put the babies in the home, see? Because otherwise, um, you know, Mr. Burns at the bank, at the slightest uh, financial bump in the road, he is more than eager to kick your ass out, baby or no baby. Your ass will be out on the street. And the great con about this, because there's no penalty for them, because they never lose. That is the whole part of this wonderful, um, this whole grifter setup with the uh, with the banks and you know the financial grifters. Is that as soon as you're in there, then they can, depending on how long you've been there, um, you know, if the place is. 90-some percent in shape. They'll go in, clean it out, shampoo the carpets, spriff it up a little bit, and once once again, in, introduce it as a nice, shiny new home. Only occupied by one previous tenor, tenant. <laughs> and um, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you go in there with your, again, and it's the whole process over and over and over at Finium because you see the banks and the whole horde of the oligarchs, um, they don't care how many people come in and they economically rape until they hit a bump in the road and then they're screwed. Or let's say you go in and you were a partnership, as is often the case, um, Let's see if I go way out on a bench here. I'd say this is, I know you, the wokesters, you guys to hold your ears. Come and say this, this horrible thing. Um, man and wife, as in, you know, male, female kind of thing, reproduction, all that. Yeah. So, yeah, man and wife. But uh, let's just say um, they have a divorce. 
and it happens. And especially bad if it's not a very friendly or amicable divorce. Well, then that whole thing, again, falls off the wheels, fall off the cart, and that spirals down. But you see, lives are spent with hopes and dreams, and then they're broken until they get the next victim in. And the process repeats itself. The beauty of it is, <clears throat> is that they, the underclass, never get to own it. That's the trick. That's the trick. They sit amongst themselves, the ones that have, God only knows how many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, the bankers. And I'm saying the, the club, the ones who are in the club, and they they just have, besides having great food and all the other great things they can afford in life, because, well, they're wealthy. And they just have to just laugh. Life is just a bed of roses for them, because all they have to do is find the next sucker. And they don't even have to find them. That's the thing. They don't even have to look for them or find them, because they're lined up the desperate need for housing or a home or the dream. This is like, I don't know, I don't know, like a uh, fucking uh, Skid Row um, liquor store that, I don't know, opens at 8 in the morning and all the Skid Row alcoholics are lined up for, I don't know, three city blocks that just can't wait to get their alcohol fix. <laughs> kind of like that. So they have... You know, they have they have an endless supply of suckers. And they don't care. It doesn't matter to them so much. They'll try to say, for instance, oh my God, this 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 person doesn't know what they're talking about. Do you know what it cost us to foreclose? In relative terms, really, by comparison to the money they make. By comparison, forget the amount that they threw you, that they toss at you. You know, it doesn't cost them. It's it's shit. It's small potatoes. Because they have in their possession, they are in the business, okay? And they have every statistic about you before you even walk in their office, practically. They just basically get to know you. All they need is your name your age, and what do you do for a living? And immediately, the analytics kick in, and your particular company kicks in, and how long have you been there, and what do you do? And they know what they're dealing with. <clears throat> they, know, they know it all. You know, if you are a very, very sought-after, say, a physicist, um, or a research, a very specialized research or engineering person who works, let's say, for NASA, no problem. As a matter of fact, you will get preferred rates. <laughs> you can you can shop around because you know you could shop around 
because they know if anybody is actually potentially going to pay off in this property, well, it's going to be them. But for the vast majority of people, no. That is just there to sell a perpetual wet dream. There have been so, so, so many losers in the game. And once when you talk to them, you know, all these people, they were tricked into that, that psychological thing. Yeah, I was a, I was a homeowner. No, you, you were backing up again. It still hasn't gotten through. You were a home buyer. You were just one notch up from a renter. That's all you are. Because the only slight advantage that you have or one of the few of the ones that you have, other than the fact that you, to a certain extent, you can do with that property within reason. Um, you can do to it and with it what you choose, um, as opposed to a renter who cannot do that. But besides that, all of your money, your payments, technically, is uh, you are building equity into the property. However, minute of an amount that may be, technically you are building equity as opposed to renters who, you know, are not building any equity. That money just poof, it's gone. So what is the alternative? There are much better alternatives there really are if you're curious and you would like to know that you know how to contact me well what did you think about that i'd really like to hear what you have to say so go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here. <laughs>